On this second Sunday of Easter, every year we hear the story of Thomas. You know, I'm sure that the lectionary goes around in a three-year cycle, but at some points it always converges back to the same thing. And this week of Easter, from Easter Sunday to the second Sunday, is one of those times. We see in the the beginning of our gospel uh, today, the disciples huddled in a room, locked up, doors barred, windows closed, because they're afraid for their lives. They figure if it could happen to Jesus, it certainly can happen to us. And remember last Sunday, the story of Mary Magdalene seeing Jesus for the first time after his resurrection and going, as he told her, to his brothers to tell them that he has been raised. And she went and said, I have seen the Lord. Now, we don't know what their response was. But here this second week, they're still frightened. They're still scared. So something tells me that the good news hadn't quite sunk in yet. And so in this locked room, barricaded in for fear for their lives, Jesus breaks in through time and space, as he does. And the first thing he says to them is, peace be with you. They see him and they rejoice. Now, and he goes. And then you know the story that, of course, Thomas wasn't there. What luck, you know, to be the one guy who was out running an errand or doing whatever he was doing in his daily grind and he missed an encounter with Jesus. So when he comes back, the disciples say the exact same thing that Mary Magdalene had said to them earlier. We have seen the Lord. But in this case, of course, we know what Thomas's reaction was. Unless I see his hands and his side, I will not believe. And it's sort of heartbreaking to read that. Thomas gets a lot of grief because of that. He's called Doubting Thomas. But we can read the stories for ourselves and see that at the day of the resurrection, Mary Magdalene didn't recognize him at first. It seems as though the rest of the disciples didn't quite recognize him until he said, peace be with you. We know the story of the road to Emmaus where the disciples walked with him for quite a ways and talked with him and didn't recognize him until he broke the bread. So he appears, he shows himself to all of these people so that they can see and believe. But for some reason, uh, Thomas is criticized for his doubt. But if you think about it, Thomas is the only one of the apostles who has his own Sunday. Of course, all of the apostles have a feast day at some point throughout the year. Some have more than one. But this second Sunday of Easter is always Thomas Sunday. And I wonder why exactly in the, in the wisdom of the church that this happened. But I like that it happened because I find Thomas to be really relatable as one of the disciples. I think Peter's can be a hothead and kind of shoot off his mouth a little too much. I think Paul can be a little bit full of himself sometimes. But Thomas, I think, 
shows, really shows his humanity here. Thomas and the others, but Thomas especially, I, I feel, uh, was just crushed by the death of Jesus. He had given up his plans, whatever they had been for his life, whatever he thought he was going to do or be doing, and he gave it up to follow Jesus, to be one of his disciples. And who knows what he thought it would have really been like. Maybe he, like the others, uh, participated in those arguments about who would be the first in the kingdom of heaven. Maybe he didn't. I'm sure whatever he thought he was in for wasn't really what he was in for because that's never what happens when you become a disciple of Jesus. But he gives it all up and it's all taken away. He had his mind set on this goal of being part of Jesus' ministry, life, kingdom, and it's, the rug is just pulled right out from under him. And so I can sympathize with him when he says, I won't believe until I see the, the wounds in his hands and his side, I, I won't do it because I'm not going to open up my heart and my soul to be crushed one more time when I find out it's really not true. So until I see, I won't believe. And of course, we know that a week later, while they are all together, Jesus does appear. And he says, Thomas, come here. Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. And Thomas says some of the most famous words in all of Scripture, which have been taken into to private devotion. My Lord and my God. You see, some people during the Mass, when the priest elevates the host, privately say that to themselves. So these words of Thomas live on in all of us who come to church week after week. And sometimes, you know, we uh, are blinded or numbed by what goes on in the world, and we fail to see Jesus where we should. And so when we come to church for that strengthening and that remembering, and we see Jesus present Eucharistically present with us, we can say, like Thomas, my Lord and my God. But one of the things I like about Thomas, again, is his relatability. And I think that this, this scene of Jesus and Thomas is really beautiful, really tender. But it's really instructive for us, too, in our, in our lives. Because like Thomas, everybody carries a wound. Everybody carries a hurt of some kind. And you may not be able to see it. They may be really good at pretending like everything's fine and I have a great life and, you know, don't you wish you were like me? But on the inside are really sort of raw and hurting. And, but what do we have in response to that? We have Jesus, the risen Lord, coming to us and saying, see my wounds See what I did for you. But what he also says to us, the first thing, just as he says to the disciples, is peace be with you. Peace. It's like he's, it's not, I, I don't think it's a, a greeting so much, like we, we greet each other in, in the service later. I think it's an instruction. I think it's a command, really, to stop Stop looking inward. Start looking outward. 
start thinking about my will for you, which is the perfect freedom in love and grace, and to be making disciples, to be spreading this good news of my resurrection, this good news of eternal life. Stop being afraid. Stop licking your wounds because I was wounded for you because my wounds are the wounds that heal the wounds of all the world. So, and Jesus still bears those wounds today. They never left him because they are a constant reminder to us of his sacrifice, of his gift. And there's something that we can go back to, the wounds and the words of Christ. To, so as you go through life and perhaps feel a hurt or some sort of longing or you think things just aren't quite what they should be, things are a little out of whack, try to think of Jesus standing before you saying, my son, my daughter, peace be with you, and showing you and reminding you of the wounds that he bore for us. By his stripes, we are healed. And by his death and resurrection, we share with him an eternal life. And really, that's what it's all about. And that's the greatest gift we could ever hope for. And so it's helpful through Thomas's example, I think, to put our lives into a little bit of perspective. So on this Thomas Sunday, I pray for you And I ask you to pray for me and all of our loved ones, all of us who bear this sort of weight of the flesh in this world, and all of us who go through the the good times and the bad times, that we can still, through it all, keep our eyes fixed on the thing that really matters, that sacrifice and gift of Jesus Christ once offered for all that brings us into his embrace and promises us eternal life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.